When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we had a great time hosting the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's Young Farmers and Agriculturalists audience on Friday night up in Wisconsin Dells. That 103rd meeting of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation will conclude today. Charity Seebecker is up there to wrap up the final business details, and we've got some of the award winners that were recognized last night. A lot to bring your way on a Monday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Here we are the first Monday of December, and not much snow around at least southern Wisconsin. Doesn't look like that's going to change according to this forecast. 30% chance of precipitation today, cloudy skies and 38. 30% chance of precipitation tomorrow, cloudy skies and 37. Wednesday, more sunshine in the forecast and 38. Thursday, probably the best chance of maybe some snow showers. 37 the expected high on Thursday and Friday, 30% chance of precip and 38 degrees. More details on that forecast coming with our man, Stumuck, Ag Meteorologist. And we're visiting this morning about the upcoming UW Discovery Farms Annual Winter Conference in Wisconsin Dells. Amber Raditz, one of the program managers, gives us the details. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin, then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Exports so important to agriculture in Wisconsin and the United States. Without exports, we'd have a lot of stuff to try and figure out what to do with. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And we talked so much about corn, soybeans, beef, and pork exports. But Stephanie, dairy exports are so very, very important to our industry. They are, Bob. And the good news is that dairy exports are up and 2022 is actually on pace to be a good year for dairy, despite some of those headwinds we faced. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. U.S. Dairy Export Council CEO Krista Hardin starts off with what's taking center stage for the council as we head into a new year. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're lucky right now. Dairy exports are up about 4% by volume and 25% through September. That's the latest numbers that we have. So we're we're on pace to have a very good year in 2022 in spite of some of the headwinds, which include some of the supply chain and shipping issues. Obviously, input costs for our farmers are up. I don't, you know, I don't have to tell them this, energy, labor, all the things that go into dairy but we're also seeing great demand for our products. So we're telling a really good story to our friends and anybody will listen, frankly, about what's happening in U.S. dairy. Our commitment to nutritious products that produce in a sustainable way. As we gear up looking ahead to what might be happening in a new Congress, um, thinking about Farm Bill, obviously it's around the corner. So we'll have discussions on that. We'll t- continue to talk about some of the problems we have in shipping and supply chain all the way through, um, you know, all from really for rail, trucking, and then at our ports as well. So we don't want those issues not, you know, to fall off the agenda. And we'll con- 
reminding our friends of, about those as well, and they've been so helpful thus far. So, you know, there's a number of things we'd like to see, you know, more um, really focused on free trade agreements. You know, it's not just implementation of the ones we have and uh, industry taking advantage of those you know, great situations, but also we need more because our competitors are out there getting more um, free trade agreement. So that's kind of the top issues, um, Stephanie, that we're really focusing on right now. Well, let's dive right into exports then. How do you describe the current state of U.S. dairy exports? I know you mentioned it was up, but can you provide any specific numbers and comparisons to years past? Yeah, well, I'll be happy to tell you that we there's growing interest, growing awareness and importance of U.S. dairy around the world. Supplies are tight. They're tight not only from the U.S., but also from our competitors. So we are definitely always working um, to make sure we are finding the, you know, the most important markets, key markets for our members, and which include dairy farmers, obviously, to make sure we're getting product to, to all of the customers and those who are looking for us. As I mentioned, we're up 4% by volume and 25% by value. Those are numbers that matter to farmers as well. This growing interest in U.S. dairy is really, in my mind, you know, something to be extremely excited about as we look ahead and thinking of how do we keep, you know, farmers on the farm and that next generation coming back. It really is about having new markets and potential growth um, in the markets where we are, as well as, you know, new places as we really do think about um, you know, growing the custom kind of awareness and the interest, if you will, in, in U.S. dairy products. New markets would be an opportunity to promote U.S. dairy overseas, but the current administration had been clear from the get-go. It wanted to focus on domestic issues, not necessarily international trade deals. Krista, is that still the sentiment from the White House, or are there new trade deals in the works? What's happening? Well, there are no new trade deals on the way that I'm aware of. There are certainly other kind of steps that are being taken by the administration, but we continue to push them and in Congress as well to think about new markets. But I would just, just give you a little comparison, though, where we are. Mexico, our biggest market, is up 27% from last year. Um, Southeast Asia is up 11%. Um, other markets are growing as well. So we keep showing you know, the administration and others hey, this is what happens when we have good trading um, partners, when we have the right climate and the right situation. Demand is there. Our products are good. Our you know, customers want these products. So we use that as an example to keep pushing um, for more opportunities in different markets. You kind of alluded to earlier something holding dairy back, as farmers are well aware, input costs and supply chain challenges. What is U.S. Dairy Export Council's role in helping mitigate these challenges or presenting uh, solutions to fix these problems? Well, U.S. Dairy Export Council tries to be their voice um, in very key venues at decision-making levels here in Washington and other places. We meet with port authorities. Often we meet with the carriers, their CEOs and decision-makers to help them remember how important um, exports are to U.S. agriculture. You know, the front, you know, page and the top headline on the news is often about imports, products that U.S. you know consumers want to get from various markets, especially during the holidays. And sometimes exports is not front and center, so we have to be that voice. 
we have to, you know, make sure that decision makers and all elements of the supply chain recognize how significant agriculture, the role of agriculture in dairy specifically is in local economies, helping farmers have new markets, jobs that are created there, and also helping to nourish, you know, a very hungry and food insecure world. So it's really about highlighting, bringing attention, um, being that voice, supplying facts and data and information to decision makers as well, and you know, opening doors for our members. We often have them testify at Congress. We have them meet at the White House. We have them meet with other officials to talk specifically about what's happening in their business, what it means, these holdups, these hurdles, these obstacles to getting, you know, carrier space or you know, having railroad um, proper um, railroad availability. So it's really about, you know, continue to beat that drum where it's so consistent and we just don't let up, making sure the dairy farmers and dairy industries' voices are heard. What about making sure that trade agreements uh, that we do currently have are kind of staying um, on schedule or in line? The reason I bring this up is I want to ask you specifically about the USMCA uh, disagreement with Canada on tariff rate quotas. Canada is Wisconsin's uh, number one international export destination. Can you give us kind of an update on what's going on there? Has that been resolved? What's going on? Oh, I wish I had the best news for you, but I don't. Um, and that is one thing that we have definitely done is work with this administration and held their feet to the fire to keep pressure on Canada to honor the commitments that they made in USMCA. I mean, they made commitments, and um, now they want to back away from those. Now they, you know, want to look at them differently. So our government has to make sure, you know, that there are consequences, that we hold the feet to the fire of the Canadians to say, you know, you signed this agreement, you made these commitments. Um, We're not there, but we're on the second wave of dispute settlement um, process against Canada. So we're... We're not letting them, you know, let, we're not going to let this slide. I guess that's what I would say. We continue to work with our government to make sure um, that we have to, you know, honor our commitments and agreements. We're doing so from the U.S., Mexico is doing so, and Canada has to as well. So second wave in that process. My goodness, things in government are so drawn out, aren't they? Oh, they, they take longer than they should in my book. I'll be honest with you. I do get impatient, but we just have to be consistent. We have to, we cannot let up. We have to keep the pressure on. And, you know, it's, this is not going to go away. It was one of our messages to the Canadians. We're going to continue to press. Well, thanks for outlining that for us. Chris, I, my last question for you is about the 2023 Farm Bill. I want to know... What kind of discussions are happening around that piece of legislation that Wisconsin dairy men and women should be aware of? Well, you know, from a trade perspective, obviously, there are a lot of things in the bill that do impact dairy farmers, and our sister organizations will be working on those. But there are also big trade programs that are universally supported, both by Republicans and Democrats, the Farm Market Development Program, if then one, um, the Market Access Program is another They are long-term programs that are not new, but they're critical to our marketing dollars. They help us leverage dollars from farmers and from our member companies to make sure we're in key markets talking about U.S. dairy products. And I promise you, Wisconsin cheese comes up a lot when when we're using these programs. I assume always in a good way. Always, always, certainly. 
um, certainly have built a great reputation with the wonderful cheeses, and we are able to continue to open doors so more types of cheeses um, can be exported to, to growing markets. So we use those programs. We want to make sure they stay in the farm bill. They're authorized at, you know, at even better levels. Um, I think I testified once this year at the House Ag Committee and said, let's double these programs. We need them. The demand is there. And they do, again, help us leverage um, the dollars from the farmers and members. Krista Harden is the CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Her message is that while there may not be new trade deals underway, the council continues to work to open up new export opportunities and strengthen the relationships we already have with international partners. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. focusing on 2023. What happens with you guys at Wiffles? What do your research teams, your breeding teams, what are they going to be doing now for the next few weeks or months? Yeah, well, it's uh, we're, we're crunching data like crazy right now. So we're looking through all the observations our research team, our, uh, the, the corn breeders that we have go around to our 70 uh, research sites and myself, and we take notes throughout the year on our on the corn hybrids and just all the experimentals plus the commercials. Uh, and then, you know, the, the combines roll through and, and give us information. So we just have to coalesce all that data, put it together, make sense of it. Uh, so, you know, the corn breeders, they've been busy uh, crunching through the data and then getting their winter nurseries out. So, you know, we use a winter environment to, to make another cycle of hybrids so those are being grown and those will be the ones that we're you know evaluating and testing next year now remember if you want to get a jump start great place to start at wiffles.com this looks like a car has tires headlights a hood windshield wipers the doors look like car doors open like them too there's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. Well, some changing weather conditions rolling our way just as soon as we get started on Monday. Time to talk about our ag weather, brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial. Stu Mucker, ag meteorologist, along with us. First glance, I thought it was going to be pretty uneventful this week, and now all of a sudden the precipitation patterns seem to be changing. Well, there are a couple of chances of precipitation, Pam, but there's one thing I really like. I don't see winds that gust at 30 or 35 (laughs) miles per hour for several days. Yeah, that can be bone chilling. Was that what you felt during your your sail over the weekend? Oh, yeah. Saturday was a great day to stand out in the wind. You know, no matter (laughs) where you moved, the wind seemed to find you and it cut right through. And makes you tired. Yeah, it does. I I came home and took a nap. It was amazing. (laughs) 
But we fought with that most of the week. It was a gusty, windy week, carried on into the weekend as well. Now, this new week doesn't appear to be nearly so windy. Certainly good news, but we have to look at a weak front trying to, well, not even that weak of a front, organizing and pushing into northwest Wisconsin already this morning. And that's a front that will drop through the state today, going to turn winds to the northwest. We get a little warm up ahead of that front. It's great, but it does have some Arctic air with it. There is some snow this morning in northern Iowa and southwest Wisconsin. And believe it or not, Richland, Crawford, and Grant County, way down there in the southwest, have a winter weather advisory, along with everybody in northern Iowa. They have a winter weather advisory from 5 this morning to 11 this morning because of snow, and there could be some rain and freezing rain with it. Oh, I think we all get some chance of that today. A little scattered rain, maybe some snowflakes, maybe a brief period of freezing rain toward the afternoon. But temperatures stay a little more mild, certainly around or just a bit above normal for most of us. That's not hard to tolerate, and we don't cool off too sharply overnight. But even then, tomorrow, as we keep those temperatures in the 30s, which still sounds all right, without all that wind, there'll be another possibility of just a little precipitation uh, developing as we head toward mid-morning, uh, some snow, maybe some raindrops late in the day. Not very heavy today. If we see an accumulation, it's less than an inch. Tomorrow, not even quite that much. But there'll be a little mix of precipitation on and off with temperatures doing their best to stay close to normal. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. All righty. Give me a little guidance here, Stu. If I'm going to be driving this week, what kind of encounters am I going to have with the roads? Well, there will be some of that wintry stuff out there. A couple of shots here, at least early in the week. And our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update is for a mostly cloudy day today. And we could see a little rain or snow mix develop, maybe a slight period of freezing rain as we head toward the afternoon. Look for temps today to be in the mid and upper 30s. Could be up toward 38 around Madison. And southwest winds at 5 to 10 will become northwest as we head to the afternoon. First in the west, last in the southeast. Overnight, still mostly cloudy, maybe a sprinkle in the east. We drop down in the mid-20s, north winds at 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Tuesday. Again, a small chance of a little snow as we head toward mid-morning. And maybe some rain by later afternoon. Very light precipitation, mid-30s for highs. East winds at 5 to 10. Partly sunny Wednesday, back toward the upper 30s, north winds at 5 to 10. I'd say maybe a little snow around possibly into Thursday, Pam, and a little very light snow chance would linger to Friday. Temperatures stay a lot closer to normal all week. All right, good enough. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what's changing, all right? 
Sounds good. See you then. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Monday. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. We've got some of the award winners from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting that will wrap up today in Wisconsin Dells. Those details coming up. And everybody talking about electric cars. Well, you know what? If you're a farmer, you can't really get all the horsepower you need out of electric What are the alternatives? Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some things are never really a choice, like wearing your muddy boots in the house, quitting before the job's done, buying seed without service. They just don't make sense. That's why AgriGold gives you the best of both worlds. We're big enough to deliver top-tier genetics and traits but small enough to give you the personalized service you need to thrive. Because like you, we know choosing seed without service isn't really a choice. Need help choosing? Learn more at chooseagrigold.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. It'll be the first time for me. How about you? Join me on our Agricultural Wonders of Iceland tour, March 11th through the 17th. Discover Iceland's best-known national treasures, searching for the awe-inspiring northern lights, and enjoy a scrumptious lunch at a historic sheep farm. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword PAM, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show. Or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. Experienced electricians, come join our family-owned team. Here's Ariel. At EverReady, we are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program. I like the small company feel, that family feel. If you have a problem, you can directly go to the owners firsthand. It speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are EverReady. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. 
Not only is William Thomas Custom Jewelry known for creating unique pieces, they're unique in their approach. They actually encourage you to shop around at other jewelry stores first. You'll quickly realize that William Thomas is no doubt your forever jewelry resource. Experience William Thomas Custom Jewelry. They'll help you create a one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear from day one. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with the truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks stop by bergstrom chevrolet where you never get charged over msrp we're known for our sweet moves but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too yep from one day to one year we can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse this is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Rody, you said you had some things to say about the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee and, Brewers. And, and, can we clear the air really quick here? You said you were done with the Brewers until the season started up again. You said you were, you're you not going to root for them. You're not a fan anymore. And yeah, but I monitor them. And you're gonna, they're dead to you until I the monitor them. Okay. <laughs> what have you been monitoring about the Milwaukee Brewers? The Milwaukee Brewers are such cheap asses. Like, it, it's getting to a point that is just disgusting. Like, you look at the fact that when they acquired Christian Yelich, they signed Lorenzo Cain, they opened their winning window in 2018, and I think they went right through that window faster than what they expected. Like, they didn't think, I would imagine, the front office probably didn't think that they would be ready to compete for a World Series all of a sudden in 2018. From the window after to the wall. Making, yeah, after making it. That, that window opened wide open for them. Yep. And... 2019, they go all in. You know, they remember 2018, not only did they acquire Christian Yelich, they signed Lorenzo Cain. They acquired at the deadline Mike Moustakis. Like, they were making moves. They acquired some relief pitchers out of the pen. I remember. 2019, you came in. You gave big one-year deals to Mike Moustakis. You you gave a big one-year deal to Yasmani Grandal, both of which played at a pretty good good level for the Milwaukee Brewers. Christian Yelich was trying to follow up a MVP season and should have won another MVP if he didn't follow that ball off of his kneecap. Yeah. Things were starting to come together. They even acquired some arms at the bullpen that they needed to to bolster that pen and, and give them some life. They came up short, kind of fell apart in the middle to the end of the season a little bit. Whatever. You had 2020. You had the freak COVID year where it was like every nothing could go right. Team still technically made the postseason. They were below 500. They got smoked by the Dodgers, but whatever. 2021, though, you come back and your pitching rotation 
was absolute money. One of the best. One of the best in baseball. You make it all the way to the postseason, but don't forget, you took your foot off the gas pedal with about three weeks left in the regular season, and all of a sudden, none of your hitters could hit. I fully blame the front office and Craig Council for doing that. I fully that. blame them. <laughs> and they couldn't hit, and then they got to play the Braves, and... You know, that pitching staff that we were told they would stretch them out in the playoffs? One, you didn't stretch any of them out. Burns, Peralta, and Woodruff hardly logged a you know ton of innings for what they should have been. Yeah. Then, because you rested your hitters, they were in such a funk, you couldn't hit the baseball against the Braves. Braves go on and win. That was unforgivable. Is that 2022, it was, it was set up to be an all-in season. Go sign some free agents. You got a really good core coming back. And, yeah, it got off to a, a slow start. You didn't necessarily go out and make a ton of moves or bolster the team with any big things. But then you had starting pitching injuries, and, yeah, you know, we can go through it. But, have to go through it but in the grand good. scheme of things, you had 2022 and 2023 to go all in before all of those young studs that you had on the cheap would graduate from their arbitration. And then they'd be unrestricted free agents. You had to go and win with this core in 2022 and 2023. Even with all the injuries and guys not playing up to necessarily expectations that they hit in 2021, you had a three to four game lead against the St. Louis Cardinals. In the central, and you traded away. I can't stress your this enough. closer, Josh Hader. I can't you stress that basically enough. sold because don't don't try to sell us That's a bunch of BS. The biggest dumbass move that a GM's ever made. Yeah, don't try to sell us a bunch of BS that Matt Bush and a couple other moves was going to equal Josh Hader, arguably one of the best closers Terrible. in baseball Terrible. since twenty seventeen. Fire yourself now. That's why you stepped down. That season comes to an end, but you look at it and you go, "Well, they got some young." Promising prospects. You know, they still have this core. 2023's got to be an all-in year, right? Oh, yeah. Well, they pick up Colton Wong's option, and you go, well, you know, that was 50-50 on that. He did have a down season defensively, which was really surprising. You know, the the slightly down offensive season, maybe maybe a little surprising because he had played so well, a left-handed hitter, blah, 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 blah. You pick it up. You're like, okay, that's 50-50. It makes sense. It didn't make sense. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, maybe they're going all in. They're picking up a $10 million option. Only now <laughs> for them to start. The, think about this. I'm thinking. They did not pick up Brad Boxberger, who is really good for them the last oh, couple seasons. Oh, he's phenomenal. It's a $3 million option. In the grand scheme of Major League Baseball for a solid seventh inning or later reliever, $3 million is not that expensive. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Not a lot of sunshine front part of this week. Cloudy skies today in 38. Cloudy skies tomorrow, 37. More sunshine in the forecast, 38 degrees. I'm Pam Youngke. Thanks for joining us. It is the fifth day of December. Let's see. On this day, back in 1933, prohibition in the United States ended a national ban on alcohol. It started in 1920 by the 18th Amendment and ended on this day in 1933 after the ratification of the 21st Amendment. End of prohibition as of this day back in 1933. On this day in 1766, Christie's Auction held their first sale. It was an art auction house. Founder was James Christie. They made their first art sale on this day 
back in 1766, and that is still around today. And on this day in 2001, Ocean's Eleven, that movie directed by Steven Soderbergh, starring George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and Julia Roberts, premiered in California on this day in 2001. And now you know. Well, we all know that uh, the popularity of electric cars continues to grow across the United States. Some states so much as mandating that you move toward electric transportation in the next decade or so. But, you know, when it comes to agriculture, it's tough to just turn a key on electricity as our power source. Stephanie Hoff's got an update on why the energy industry is paying attention to what agriculture needs. It's not just electric vehicles that transportation companies are rolling out. Up next, you can expect propane-fueled trucking fleets. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Michael Newland is the Ag Business Development Director at the Propane Education Research Council. He tells me more about what they're working on that will come to market soon. So the first is a research project that we uh, are just completing with Cummins Engines. Cummins and the Propane Education Research Council jointly developed a propane specific engine that could be into the medium duty size trucks uh, in the very near future and I'll say in the next two two market years. So that's exciting. That's uh, probably our largest investment ever with the Propane Education and Research Council. That's the 6.7 liter engine that Cummins is famous for. Everybody in ag would know that engine on the diesel side of things. That engine was rebuilt from the ground up. The diesel one will continue to be made. The propane version it will be released here for commercial use in the next two years. We hear so much about EVs and the renewable energy side of things. Why propane? It is the cleanest combustion fuel on the planet, so why not use it? Some things that our fuel will do that EVs can't. It performs outstandingly well in the medium horsepower ranges, so medium trucks, school buses, that type of application. You'll see us flourish in that market where EVs just don't have the uh, torque and horsepower capacity to do that, nor the battery life. Uh, If you'll do some research and listeners on some of the challenges with school buses, EV school buses that uh, are being pushed so hard right now, one is the cost, but two is the duty cycle and the fact that if you're in a cold climate, a lot of those EV buses don't even run in the winter, or if they do, they can't run the uh, heating systems because of the extra draw on the batteries. So, you know, we don't have any limitations like that. We can transport kids back and forth to school safely and, and very efficiently for the school district, which is fantastic. And in your market, we don't have any cold start issues like you do with diesel buses. So it's a it's a win-win, to be honest with you. The other thing I do want to tell the, the listeners is we do offer a propane farm incentive program for anybody looking to expand propane use on their farm. It could be an irrigation engine. It could be a water heat uh, system for a high-capacity livestock operation, building heat if somebody's putting up a new building. Power generation is becoming huge. Depending on what state you're in, it's a big problem uh, keeping the power on at your farm. Uh, we have systems that allow you to be in control of your farm 24 7 365 by using propane to produce your power so all those technologies uh, there's incentives from the propane industry back to the farmer the details for all those can be found at propane.com slash farm incentive Again, that is propane.com slash farm incentive. Michael Newland along with us. He's the Director of Agriculture Business Development with the Propane Education Research Council. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. The 103rd meeting of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation will wrap up today with their business session. Our own Charity Seebecker is there to gather the details. Last night, they recognized some very special people with their honors banquet. Jim Holt from Elk Mound, past president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, was presented the Distinguished Service to Wisconsin Agriculture Award. Jim Holt's been connected to Farm Bureau since back in 1995 when he was elected to the board of directors. Jim Holt. Distinguished Service to Wisconsin Agriculture Award. From Manitowoc County, Rosalie Geiger was given the highest honor that the Farm Bureau presents to its members, the Distinguished Service to Farm Bureau Award. And Rosie obviously bringing up her late husband, Randy, those two a driving force in Farm Bureau activities, not just in northeast Wisconsin, but across the state. Our former summer intern, Michelle Stangler from Watertown, picked up the collegiate discussion meet title. She's currently a student at UW-River Falls and will advance to the national competition representing the state in the collegiate discussion meet. And Rachel Harmon from Door County was selected as the Farm Bureau's discussion meet winner. She also will be advancing to the national competition. Congratulations to all. We'll let you know what the business session looks like uh, coming up tomorrow. Well, markets look like they're in better shape going into a Monday trade session. Maybe the exception is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is still down. March corn right now is up a penny at 647. January beans are up six at 1445. March wheat's up a nickel, 766. Not much change in dairy product prices on Friday. Barrel cheese was unchanged at 189 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese unchanged at 210. Double A butter finished the week two cents stronger at 290 a pound. January milk right now is down two at 1998. February milk's down a dime at 1979, 100 weight. We know that December, January, February are months that farmers spend a lot of time going to meetings. And the Discovery Farms program, no exception to that rule. Coming up on December 14th, they'll gather together in Wisconsin Dells for their annual winter conference. A lot of valuable in-field research they'll be sharing with farmers. I'm talking about it next with Amber Raditz, one of their program managers. That's on the way on a Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some things are never really a choice, like wearing your muddy boots in the house, quitting before the job's done, buying seed without service. They just don't make sense. That's why AgriGold gives you the best of both worlds. We're big enough to deliver top-tier genetics and traits, but small enough to give you the personalized service you need to thrive. Because like you, we know choosing seed without service isn't really a choice. Need help choosing? Learn more at chooseagrigold.com. 
Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, will be joining us for a quick update on what's influencing our markets. That's tomorrow morning right here. As we wrap it up on a Monday, we want to focus in on an upcoming conference, December 14th in Wisconsin Dells. It's hosted by UW Discovery Farms, basically on-farm research and how exactly it's turning out in the real world. I talked about it with Amber Raditz. She is one of the program managers with UW Discovery Farms program, and she says they're finally getting back in the groove after having their schedule disrupted with the pandemic. I would say you're right. That's a good description. Things got kind of sidelined, and um, in 2022, it feels like we are jamming two years into one year is how it feels this year. So we've um, been working on installing a couple of new projects and um, wrapping up some projects. We've been um, hiring from some different positions. And so this year has been um, a year of, of really getting things ramped way back up. And so um, we're excited to be starting a couple of um, more nitrogen leaching projects around the state. And um, we have continued to have the edge field monitoring and then we've also integrated these ag water quality outreach specialists, um, which means that we've got way increased capacity to get out and talk to people about our um, results from Discovery Farms. So it's been a wild year. <laughs> now, let's remind people about the funding mechanism for Discovery Farms. You mentioned that you're coordinating with a lot of different extension-related staff. You've got USDA at play Help people understand the funding mechanism specifically for Discovery Farms. Yeah, so that's a great point. Thanks, Pam. So for Discovery Farms, um, the really most important solid pieces that we've had is a line in the state budget that the ag groups and environmental groups have said, this is an important program to Wisconsin. We want to make sure that that stays funded. So there's some base funding provided in the state budget that way. And then matching that actually is funding from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So those two pieces really provide a solid foundation for Discovery Farms. And then we've got 
some like um, other grants and projects that we can add in. So right now we're working together with uh, the producer group in up in Antigo. They're interested in water quality on um, potato production up there. We're working with NRCS on some sites. So we've got, you know, a few, we're working with DATCAP on the nitrogen leaching project. So we've got a few um, different components of uh, being able to have kind of a diverse set of support and um, a really strong foundation. Well, and it, it seems like the trend, the topic to be talking about water quality and, as you said, uh, nitrate leaching, et cetera, Discovery Farms was doing that before it got to be kind of the hub of grant discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Discovery Farms has been working in this area since like the year 2000. So over 20 years of really bringing that science out to the farm and um, being able to have this data that's collected from privately owned farms from farmers that are really looking for solutions. So it's, I mean, it's been an awesome opportunity to kind of be able to use that information for science-based policy, to use that information for farmers and others that are helping make decisions on the landscape. You know, I'll say that there's still plenty of work to do, but I think Wisconsin is positioned really well in all of these discussions because of, you know, the proactive work of farmers and stakeholders, you know, 20 years ago getting this started. Well, and, and it is information that's vetted on the farm in a real-life situation. How many Discovery Farm partnerships, I mean, actual acting farms, have you got in the system now, Amber? And is that anything that's going to be expanded or changed in 2023? So right now we have active monitoring projects. We have three active um, surface water monitoring projects, actually four, sorry, four active surface water monitoring projects, one in um, Juneau County, one in Kiwani County, one in Langlade County, and then a newer one up in Marathon County. And then we've got um, currently one operating nitrate leaching study and looking to install two more of those. So one would be installed potentially in Calumet County and then one in Rock County. So those installations will be perhaps this fall yet or maybe in 2023. And then, um, you know, we haven't, we don't have solid plans for more expansion in 2023 other than really trying to get these couple of nitrate leaching stations up and going. So, um, you know, in terms of the total number of farmers that we have participated with, I mean, I think we're up and you're getting close to 50 of all the different farms that have um, participated in collecting water quality monitoring, and then we've also had a really big project with nitrogen use efficiency for the past five years or so. Excellent. Amber Raditz is along with us. Discovery Farms of Wisconsin's got their annual winter conference returning to the Wilderness Resort in Wisconsin Dells. That's on December 14th. And as you can imagine by this conversation, a lot of the content you're going to be presenting, Amber, and the guest speakers are indeed focused in on various aspects of water quality, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so we'll have um, some scientists from USDA ARS, from the Ag Research Stations. We have um, Dr. Will Osterholz. He's coming from Ohio to talk about some of the water quality work they've been doing there and what they've been seeing. Some really interesting things about um, the kind of the linkages between soil health and water quality. Because, you know, soil health is one of these buzzwords that everybody 
is really interested in. But we, you know, with water quality, often there's kind of a nuanced way that all these things interact. And so making sure that we know the most. Knowledge is power, right? So um, he's got some really interesting data to share. And then, of course, you'll hear from Discovery Farms. We have uh, a really interesting project where it really showed the value of a, a simple and classic practice of the grass waterway. I mean, this the data that you'll see is, is just jarring. So it's it's really, you know, nice to be able to present validation for things that have existed and then also kind of newer information about how to continue this journey moving forward. So those guys are in the morning and then um, in the afternoon, we'll kind of focus in on nitrogen and nitrogen optimization because we have this new pilot program starting in Wisconsin. And so we want to make sure that people have a really good idea of how to get engaged in projects like that and have all the resources that they need. So we'll hear perspective from Iowa on that uh, and then also some Wisconsin farmers and crop consultants, too. The other part I like about this conference, again, coming up December 14th at the Wilderness Resort, their Glacier Canyon Conference Center in Wisconsin Dells, is that you actually allow for interaction with all those speakers and people in the audience. Because for every 10 farmers that are or landowners that are sitting in that conference, you've got 10 different things that are on their mind, 10 different things they want clarification on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always try to really make sure that there's plenty of time for discussion. I mean, our main goal when we started this conference 10 years ago already was to really like feed that fuel for um, new idea generation and really helping people think really critically about this topic of water quality and agriculture. I mean, the point is not to just talk at people. It's to really fuel that discussion and, um, you know, give you something to think about on the way home or as you're you know, working at home in the subsequent days and weeks. And that also helps us, you know, once we hear the discussion and the questions and, and um, you know, talk with people during breaks and lunch, it really helps us to continue to refine our work too. So it's, it's definitely a two-way street. We learn just as much as anybody else. A learning experience all the way around. That's Amber Raddatt. She's one of the program managers with the UW Discovery Farms program, bringing it all together for their winter conference on December 14th from 9 until 3 at the Glacier Canyon Conference Center in Wisconsin Dells. Want to see the program? Maybe get registered? Go to uwdiscoveryfarms.org. UW Discovery Farms.